What up, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the Mike for Hire, the podcast immersion himself, Christian Joel Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we are reviewing the HBO Max original series spinoff of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. Now, we are in season one, episode five, titled We Light the Way. So we're at the Vale. Lady Rhea is greeted by her cousin as she's about to head out to hunt for deer. Uh, Damon returns to the Vale and stops her on her path uh, to pretty much greet her. I mean, that's kind of what occurred here. Uh, she asks if he's ready to consummate his marriage. And, uh, and Lady Rhea is, again, similar name to Rhaenyra, which I kind of found funny how they picked this name for her. But that uh, that besides the point. Lady Rhea is this hunter. She seems very much... Um, respectfully a princess like she definitely suits the duchess whatever title you want to give her she she fits into a t very stoic but also her cousin who is like um her cousin is this older cousin right and he's just seeing her off as she's heading out to the hunt and then her ex-husband shows up damon or i should say current husband because they're technically still married but they never they never got laid. They never consummated the marriage. They never. He never went through with it because he didn't want to get met. He got forced into the marriage with her, and he, instead he wanted hoes. I mean, this is just Damon's. This is Damon's thing, right? And it got crazy because he goes back, and he's there. Doesn't say a word. He just looks at her menacingly in his hood. I'm like, what is this dude? Like, is he playing around with her? Like, what's going on? So she asks if he's ready, and he doesn't respond. Rhea mocks Damon, uh, but then proceeds to attack. But then he proceeds to attack her. So she's pretty much calling him every name in the book as such as she should oh you know this and this and yada and then she jokingly tells the truth like what are you planning on doing now that you can't be kings uh you're gonna kill the your your brother's son and then you see a moment of silence where he doesn't like respond or say anything he's like oh shit you really are gonna go with it aren't you because she knows him well she knows exactly how he's like so damon actually knocks her off her horse or scares her horse that she's on and she and the horse falls on her and, and kind of like laser paralyzed and he was gonna leave her to die like just really agonizing death but she kind of mocked him Rhea mocks Damon in this condition like hey pussy you're gonna go through it killing me do it the whole way through it only me just die out this way you son of a bitch so Rhea mocking Damon he then proceeds to slow walk back and we don't see the brutal death but we're assumed that she's killed uh pan scene so Damon lets her suffer as she's mocking them to the very end she's just like you ain't shit you ain't never gonna be shit you're not somebody that i even care about you are a joke to the entire kingdom and you are pretty much the laughing stock because she hears what he's doing or what he tried to do and and how he dare come back to the veil and act like nothing happened it's definitely a issue of uh she has the right to feel a certain way but the fact that she kind of was bluffing on something and it was the actuality that he's gonna pretty much uh, try to kill his nephews that's crazy and she defended herself and he knew that she would report this to her cousin who was not too far off or anybody in the bail and they would report that back to her, his brother and take him out so that being said uh, he had to take her out so Damon lets her suffer but then actually grabs a big boulder and cracks her skull open so Damon went through it the son of a bitch went through with this shit man this woman that he barely knows or even cares came back to just take her out to cut her in loose ends essentially so and he was let her suffer which is even more of a douchebag move but she called him out and he ended it so or it seems like he ended it because they fade to black 
So we move on to Viserys as the sea and a sea seasick, heavily seasick. He cannot handle the ocean. He's just there, like hanging by a thread, as his daughter and Kristen are off to the side, just chilling. Um, they're watching from far, like where he, like all the king can't handle these high seas. So it's a road to travel day for him. So we go here where Viserys at sea is getting uh, heavily vomiting. Rainer and Kristen are having a chat, and it's kind of like to pretty much to solidify where she stands with the whole thing with her and Kristen and he doesn't agree because he wants to be a full-fledged husband not just some side piece uh, in the shadows so they have a moment where they're just spatting it out uh, so after this Allison bids her father farewell back at the castle and it is a moment where he tells her some interesting information like hey if that girl is queen she can take her revenge on you by marrying her father by kicking you elsewhere and taking, killing your kid because by the law of the land Aegon would be the rightful because he is the firstborn son or first living born son he should have the right to the throne but because Viserys agreed to give his daughter Rhaenyra the, the throne prior to him being born it's it gets messy because will the land accept the new queen a woman leader or will they challenge uh, Aegon I mean, Rhaenyra's Renato's reign and put an Aegon in their place. And so if he's in the same castle, he is a threat, meaning that her life and her son's life are in danger, that maybe they have to get rid of them in order for her not to have a challenge to the throne. That's what her father with Otto, who was the hand of the king, um, feared could happen because he doesn't trust Renato at all. So Otto and Alison have this heart of heart as he gives her guidance on what will occur when Viserys dies and falls ill. So this is very just it's true. Like, hey, this stuff can't happen. We this is the Game of Thrones after all. We know how this thing goes here. Everybody wants power, and what's power? That Iron Throne, that big sword shaped or I guess welded sword uh, chair. So that being said, uh, now she's got this paranoia behind her head and she's plotting. All thanks to her dad, who is giving her some warning that make sure her, his daughter is alive. So the king arrives to meet Lord Corliss at House Valerian. He's not there in the gate. The lords arrive the long journeys. He's in the back of the castle, and he's back in the throne. So they walk in. Lord Laris has an ominous message about Otto leaving, which was very much like, okay, what are you trying to say here? Perpetuate. Everyone's trying to warn the king that he's sick and gonna fall ill and talk that hey you're gonna die soon because you have this disease and you're not gonna live through to see things going so you better set your effects in order so we know how things are gonna be so the grand maester was seen given a tea to Renera the night before remember that plan b pill tea that she was he was giving her uh, late at night and he hopes that she is well so Lord Laris is a sneaky conniving uh, little finger uh, wannabe Great Valley Littlefinger on this show who is this br uh, the son of a lord there but he is on Allison's ear as she needs someone she can trust in the kingdom that is essentially uh, on her side 100% and not on Rhaenyra's because she's trying to build people that she can trust if things were to go awry and this guy's feeding information, whether true or false, we're is skeptical to what, again, he's reporting what he sees, but also he's covering his ass where he's not just uh, saying things of the matter of, well, I saw, I heard, no, 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 he's saying it was seen that pretty much like, hey, 
word around the block is so that way he's innocent and spreading rumors or false information so Viserys and his court walk to the chambers of the I guess you can call it the throne room and the other lords are there and the doors close behind them Renera is taken elsewhere by her cousin I mean second cousin uh, Rhaenys Targaryen who's married to Corlys and as they're the, the kings are talking essentially um, he tells Lady Rhea is Lady uh, Rhea is dead from the hunt from the incident that occurred where Damon killed her but they said it pretty much was a hunting accident because there was no evidence of foul play essentially there was no CSI back in the medieval times right this is something like this is we understand there's no way it's nobody to watch there no one to uh, uh, witness what occurred so Renera and her cousin come to a deal they have side pieces and if they're to be wed together so, so Sir Lenor is secretly a homosexual, he's gay, and his parents are afraid his life's in danger because of Aegon's claim to the throne if he was to become king, but also if he was to be outed. That whole, that's a lot of layers right there. But Brunera is like, hey, I have a secret lover, you have a secret lover, let's just have secret lovers and just stay married for appearances, pretty much be each other's beards or like covers. Uh, we just meet up for political stuff, but we have secret lives. And he's like, deal. <laughs> and mind you, with all this is happening, there's just the the king hearing the the news of uh, Lady Red dying, who's like essentially like a it's his daughter-in-law person. Oh, his, I guess it was not daughter-in-law. It would be his uh, sister-in-law. And ten, yeah, she's his sister-in-law because he was the one that got her to marry Damon, even though they didn't consummate and they were never seen together. Really, uh, he knew she was a good woman and. The fact that she died in Huntsian accent so young is just sad. Uh, no one expects foul play because, of course, no one has saw Damon there. He's in the hood. He just kind of probably went in and out of the veil just to do his dirty work and get out of there. Of course, he has a dragon. He's dragging back, so he can just swoop in and out whenever no one can see him. So with this news happening and then Lady, with Lady Renera and her cousin... Hilarious making this up. I mean, there's just a lot of deals being made, isn't there? It seems like they all have their own motives. So, that being said, uh, Sir Kristen wants to elope and forget their lives away from the crown. So, this is where the moment where she, where he actually makes her like, hey, screw this. I don't have to be your secret husband. Let's just elope and forget your stake to the crown. And she's like, but I am the crown. And she wants to continue to duties as queen, not give it up for her, her own. And to give it up for, for I mean, she wants to gain from it. Obviously, she wants to make the kingdom better, and she's very much a political figure. She's not going to abandon it just for quote unquote marriage with Sir Kristen. Sir Kristen doesn't want to be the side piece. He broke he broke his oath, and he feels terrible about it. So he figured marrying her, he could make it right. But now he's conflicted, heartbroken, and salty as fuck. I mean, this character goes from. Hey, this, you know, queen, you know, doing anything for you, like, oh my god. And now he, like, he's like, fuck this bitch. Like, seriously, like, just like that, just rejection. She gave him options. You can literally be part of my life as my, by my side. You, you have all the privileges of all, any of the responsibility. And honestly, most, most pieces of shit men would be like, oh, hell yeah, for that. But he really wants to be a husband. He really wants to live a normal life now that he broke his oath to be a. I guess, uh, virgin knight, a literal white knight, you know? So that being said, um, uh, it, it's a lot of complications there. So back at King's Landing, Melos, the Grand Maester is yelling at some people. 
Uh, Allison confronts Kristen about Damon, but he then admits his own sins. And because she was speaking in Noendo, and I just actually just flat out say something crazy. And then he's like, all right, I give up. I'm going to admit I slept with Renera. It's all my fault. And then she's like, that's not why I was talking to you about. Wait a minute, hold up. What? <laughs> so this is new information to her. So she has this information, and she's going to use she's pretty much blackmail Kristen to do her bidding for him. For her, sorry. So Viserys now is not well. He looks seriously ill. Um, and the king doesn't want to know when his time is up. He just wants to go in peace. He's like, you know what? Don't tell me anything. Let me just fall asleep and I'll wake up that one day. So the next day, they set off to, on dragon on dragon back, uh, some ship at sea, uh, to the royal wedding celebrations uh, because they've announced that Corliss, Valerian, and Rhaenyra Targaryen are going to get married and unite the kingdoms once and for all. So that being said, there's a big grand festival. It's a big thing and they make a huge deal of it um and then jason lannister shows up hover hightower arrived and get a big entrance like they announced them uh, to congratulate princess Venera and her marriage and lord corliss uh then sir gerald the cousin lady rhea greets the princess as and the king as he's obviously dealing with grief of this learning this cousin who he just saw the day prior died so he's all a wreck uh, let's see here. Lord Corliss and Rhaenys Targaryen enter as he's trying to, like, vent and talk. So, you got the grieving poor guy, Lord uh, Gerald, trying to spill his heart out, you know, for his sister that he misses, or he's going to miss. And he's just, like, given the the interruption, like, I'm going to let you finish, but this entrance is grand, and we got to, like, you know, pause for it. So, this is a moment where we see Viserys and Rhaenys has by his side and their power, how they're are a respected house and again they are the only ones that got a grand entrance like this so so then so the chambers rumbling entrance of drums horns uh lord damon arrives as well he just he wasn't invited but he shows up anyways even after all the bullshit he's put his family through and viserys is like oh this motherfucker showed up okay so he speaks he's stunned as queen allison he's giving this speech about marriage and how his daughter and their son, pretty much his nephew, are gonna unite the kingdoms, and then he just stops. I'm like, okay, did he just die? Did he just like croak? And then, because I thought it was, he literally just stopped it. And it was because his wife, Queen Allison, came in in this gorgeous green gown. But let me tell you, it's so similar to Lady Fiona's gown from Shrek. I'm not even joking. She literally, it was a mean passing on that had me dying. Like, oh my God, no, not this. <laughs> so as he forgets his spot in his speech, he um, he's like, to his maester, like, where, where did I leave off? Give me my papers. Because <laughs> he's giving a speech, a big public speech to his kingdom. So he's like, by celebration, we'll have a seven days of tournament and feasting. Then the royal wedding... Uh, between houses, completes them, unites them once for all. So Gerald of Runestone confronts Damon. Uh, so he's like, you, what do you, I think you did it. I think you killed your wife. But it backfires. Damon knows that he is now the rightful heir to Runestone, now that his wife, his quote-unquote wife that he's married to, has deceased, of course. So now Gerald's like, oh, shit, now I gotta deal with you more because you're gonna probably like collect money, taxes, whatever you wanna call it, and be a complete nuisance to us yeah he's gonna do a lot that and more especially now that you're rubbing it in that you think he killed his own wife which is like with no merit quote unquote besides that they never really were seen together they never wanted to be together i get it but you can't just go around saying you know you're, you're to a royal that you're an assassin a murderer so he's like wearisome and just leaves 
So Sir Joffrey, the Royal Guard of Sir Lenor, and AKA his side piece, his secret lover, talks to Chris like, hey, I know what you are to her. I'm the same to him. And we have this arrangement, so everyone's happy, right? So normal people would be like, yeah, of course. But because Kristen literally got his heart broken and she turned him down, he just snaps and starts a fight. And they both go into a fight. Mind you, Kristen's in full fucking armor. He's a knight in shi literally shining armor. And Joffrey's just in, like, regular garbs. Like, he's just in clothes that a royal would wear. And as any lord would wear. And then they're having a crazy fight at Dance Lords. And it ends up where Joffrey dies by mutilation. Like, he got his face punched in and out. Like... It was the gruesomest thing, something like a fatality out of Mortal Kombat. As no one tried to stop Kristen, like, and when they did, it was too late. I guess there was just too many people to dance for it. Everyone should have just moved away. It just seemed a little bit too, uh, too over the top. Like people wanted to see blood, people wanted to see something happen. That's what it was. They would have moved easily to the guards in to separate them. Like it was chaos, pandemonium. It was just bonkers what was going on here. So as the mayhem's occurring, the king's coughs up blood like massive amounts of blood. I'm like, okay, so now he's dying. So they've already teased his death, quote unquote, twice in the same scene almost. I'm like, okay, he's going out for real and no one's gonna notice he passes out, but he passes out. And then the next day happens and King seems like he's there now, I guess it's just an episode. And they have an impromptu wedding in the same hall just to get, so nothing else can go wrong just to get out the way. So Sir Kristen's about to commit suicide in the courtyard and Queen Allison finds him and stops him by, from taking his life. Literally samurai style, he's gonna stab his stomach and she's like, I have a duty for you to pretty much get what you want. And he's, she's got something up in her sleeve. So then King Viserys was able to see his daughter marry after all, but then guess what happens? This time he actually collapses for real. So, <laughs> my God, so much happened in this one episode. There's so much I probably left out, but it was just like, I'm just going to condense this shit because it was just such a great episode. I mean, so much occurred in the last couple episodes, and we are now heading to a new age, and you'll see what we're talking about. But first, we're going to take a small commercial break and be right back. Don't move. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We're right here leaving off. Where do we leave off? On episode six of the HBO Max original series, House of the Dragon. And the sixth episode of season one is entitled The Princess and the Queen. So the Princess Renera gave birth to a healthy baby boy. And right away, the queen is summoned her to, her to her chambers as she just gave birth. Oh, did I mention a time jump happened? It wasn't mentioned. We, we're set to believe this woman that gave birth we see a whole scene where it happens who looks a little older than the previous actress is Renera. I'm like oh god did they do a time jump they even tell us and I don't know how I feel about this like replacing characters when we're just getting used to them like just replacing the main character of a series right away like that this is just kind of risky of Game of Thrones to do that like we we're just getting used to this girl she wasn't a complete child she was like what 16 in the pre previous arc here and then now you're starting a whole new arc 
where she's older and probably in her mid 20s or late 30s between 30s and 20s and 30s somewhere around that and I'm just like this actress is literally 22 in real life she can play a 20 year old version of herself but anyways that's just a nitpick on my end there plus I really like the actress there she actually suited the character the character was growing on me alright let's just let that like the like Daenerys grew on me in Game of Thrones originally this character this actress is growing in as well so I'm trying to get used to it I'm not trying to like just quickly judge it I'm like this is the Renera dealing with fine let's see what happens so as we go on here uh, the Queen's request and she's like she wants to see the baby not her specifically but this is where uh, Renera's like if the baby's going I'm going too and she like a boss still like covered in her own blood after birth coming out she powers her way through steps to get up there just to show I guess Queen Allison the new child so Sir Lenor is happy his son is born and he tries to empathize her like hey I've been impaled by a lance once I heard a lot and she's like my condolences, like, not sarcastic, sarcastic, but like, oh, isn't that nice? Like, giving birth hurts way more. So, so Kristen greets them at the Queen's Chamber. So, obviously, now this guy is the guard of Queen Allison because they have a mutual hate for Renera. And he thinks she's a spoiled little brat. And he hasn't aged at all. Like, the actor is, looks like he's in his 20s. So, I guess they just kept him. He's like, all right, so... Where he's said to believe that Renera aged like 10 years then. Got it. So she went from 16 to 20 something. Um, but they didn't age him up or anything. He just kept him exactly the same. Not even a different haircut. But I'm like, all right, whatever. This guy's just boring and basic. So as they headed in, Viserys is alive and looking like the damn Crip Keeper. I'm like, what the fuck happened to him? I thought he would have been dead by now. Because last we left, he collapsed his daughter's wedding. Like, that was the last thing he was able to see. And he could have died peacefully. Like, nope. I'm still here, motherfuckers. I'm outliving your predictions, Otto. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> so as that goes on, Viserys is happy, but again, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. He looks so aged up. It's crazy. And then again, he's very ill and sick, so he probably lost a lot of hair. Let's not get into it. He's alive and well, for well as can be. Uh, and he's there, and he looks at well, Renera and the baby. She's This is the third son that Renera actually has birthed. So all this time happened he's had three so now sir harwin is introduced to his son because he's secretly the father of the child because we see the other pair of kids and all of them are let's just say it out the way they're all white and obviously lanor is black okay so or and it's kind of like okay no one's noticing this that all these kids are white not light-skinned they are white white like from the caucus mountains white and um uh, so this is the guy that she was getting pregnant because obviously Lenore is gay and he's not going to sleep with a woman. So, yeah, that's what occurred. Uh, there, no one says it, but like no one says the quiet part out loud, but then they're thinking it. Uh, so there's uh, murmurs, let's just say, going around the kingdom. So we go here. We're introduced to the sons of uh, Renera, and we're seeing the young princes and their personalities and stuff, and they're meeting the new brother, and then. Leonos leaves so that the rightful father, who is the her the king's the queen's the, the princess's knight, uh, is the one who was to be the one that gave birth to their children. So he's there. So 
Irigoan, where Aegon plays a prank on his brother Aemon. So Aegon now has a little brother named Aemon who doesn't have a dragon yet, and he and all of the other family members have dragons for the most part. So they're picking on him by putting a pig dressed up as a dragon with like fake dragon wings and everything. They're just playing kid pranks, but it, it ends up where he gets lured into a dragon pit and scared, and he bolts right out of there. So Allison confronts Viserys how the princess has had three white sons. Of course, he, anybody in the chamber is like, he has to exit. Like, and she's like, you don't think people see this? Like, we're not stupid. It doesn't look too obvious. And he's like, oh, you know, I've had a horse that was this color and the, another horse this color and it was born chestnut. Like, their child was born like chestnut brown. Like, listen, a black and a white horse don't make brown horses. I mean, sure, I guess. But people, well, come on, who are you playing here? Like, you're not, you're not, we're not people aren't that dumb. Horses and humans are completely different species. So let's just not make comparisons like that. So she is also confronting that she's too self-aware. The kingdom turns a blind eye to this. And her three sons are out of wedlock. Essentially just three bastards. And, and she's like, this is this is uncalled for. It's just like ridiculous that you that she shames her kingdom by continuing this facade. So Allison confronts Aegon for bullying her younger his younger brother. And he because he doesn't have a dragon. Mind you. Aegon is jacking off the window, the, the same window that, um, which one was it? Joffrey's little brother. I forget a son of a bitch's name. All oh, right, Tommen Barbar- Baratheon, or Tommen, I guess, Lannister, since he's also a child of wedlock. Uh, no, wedlock, he's a child of incest, I should say. Um, but same window where he committed suicide. And uh, th- this this kid is just jacking off to the kid. It's a weird place to be. If you get spooked, you can fall your ass down there and you're dying. As a pubescent teenager, uh, you know, touching himself isn't isn't the way to go, boss. But his mom walks in, it's bursting into his room, and he just covers up, like, oh my god, uh, it's not what it looks like. <laughs> Anywho, Allison confronts her sons, like, hey, what are you doing? We have to make ourselves in our best behavior to prove ourselves here because we are the true. You're the rightful heir to the throne, and you're acting like a complete idiot. And he doesn't want it because he doesn't think he's gonna get the throne. It's a matter of. Well, act a part if you want the part because we're going to work something out and you have to be more royal and stop acting like a damn commoner because he's just making, he acts like a, just a loathing, uh, not loathing, a lazy, just teenager doesn't care about anything. So we got a case of the slacker son, the eldest one here, uh, picking on his younger brother who doesn't have a dragon just yet. Uh, so the young prince is learning how to speak to his dragon, Vernax. And Aegon plays this prank, picking on him. And then this leads to the whole thing. And now it's like, all right, I better not pick on my cousin slash, uh, I guess, second cousins or something. Yeah, or my uncles. I guess technically his uncles and his cousins. It's a weird, it's a weird scenario. I don't know how to explain it. Anyways, so my relatives, my my kin, my bloodline. Uh, so she is too self-aware as the kingdom turns blind out of this. And yeah, so a lot of it's going on like what should be the optics like if you're gonna marry an actual prince or a different kingdom actually wed his i mean actually birth his kids that's what she's getting at so damon and his wife his new wife who's leanna the sister of leonor um are dragon riding to another kingdom of pentos at the dinner table damon and his wife the sister leonor of course what was this mentioned earlier who was gonna marry uh viserys and Again, she was a 12-year-old kid. So 10 years past, she's 22. Um, 
Of course, Viserys like, no, I'm not going to marry the small child. Instead, he married Allison, which caused this whole quote-unquote kerfuffle between families. Uh, again, I think he did the right thing, and I think it's weird that even, they even again, this is a different quote-unquote, even though it's not real history, it's based off things that happened at a certain time in history, so I get what their context was, but even Viserys is too much of a noble man to be like, no, I'm not going to take advantage of the small child. I don't care if the witches get older. Grooming is just not in my repertoire. So at the dinner table, they're here having, well, it's not dinner, I guess, yeah, it's the dinner table. Prince Reggio is giving them a, a what you would call a permanent residence in their kingdom, their land, uh, to protect them from Dorne, since they have giant dragons. And they would feast all they want, get all the gold they want, and as long as they live there. But Lyanna does not want to live in this Pentos kingdom. She wants to live in her own family's kingdom, where she rightfully so should be. But the thing about it, Damon's like, well, if you think about it, we're here, we're, and we're not in political control. We're just pretty much hired guns. Like, they want our dragons to fight off these armies from Dorne. Cool, that's easy enough as it is. And we get so much out of it. Like, do you, do you care where you are? And she's like, I want to birth my kids. Because she's threatened herself as well, too. And she had to have another childhood life as well. And he's like, and, I, and we're in the lands of our born. So it's a whole thing where she just wants to go home. And she doesn't want to make permanent residence in someone else's house. Like, she just doesn't feel at home doing this or comfortable. So... Lionel and Viserys are watching the young princes training in the courtyard. Lionel is the father of Harwin Hightower, so Lionel Hightower is is the king's new hand, who has no ulterior motives like Otto did, and who really has he's very loyal to the core. So Sir Kristen has the two eldest sons of Viserys and Rhaenyra sparring, like training session. But Harwin, being the protective father that he really is, Lord Harwin is then like says hey can you just train them equally and this is where Christian obviously is aware that those are his he knows that those are Harwin's kids like sure let's have the eldest sons of both houses fighting against each other and it leads to this giant quarrel where Lord Harwin is yelled at by the hand of the king which is his father so his father is like dude control your shit you know you're lucky you're still here if they find out the truth or you know like just know your place and he has this Cons is like my son against this kid over there. So it starts an issue where they, <laughs> Kristen and, and Harwin get in a fight and then Harwin beats the shit out of Kristen and the guards to put him off because he says, I mean, I like, he's like, why do you even care how I train either of these kids? It's not like they're your cousins, your brothers, or your sons. And that's when it just triggers and he snaps. So Lanor returns from daydreaming with Carl. Carl and is confronted by Renera to man his post and not leave King's Landing. Rhaenyra commands Lanor to stay at her side at King's Landing. She just had her third child. He, it, just for optics, you gotta be here at the, and do your part as a husband slash lord, or soon to be king once her dad passes away. So enough of this gallivanting and doing these side missions with your buddies. I guess you can call them male concubines. Uh, but yeah, just stay here and do your damn job. So she's, she's had enough of him just being laissez-faire, like actually acting like an adult and do your damn duties. So Damon's daughter feels left out because she also doesn't have a dragon. And the reason that the Lord Regios wants their family there because they have these dragons who are these powerful advantage when it comes to combat. And she's just a young child, and she's like, one of these days, you'll get, you know, the mother's explaining, you'll get a dragon. And remember, I didn't have a dragon until I was 15, and when I finally got one, I got the biggest one there was. And just gotta be patient, that whole thing. 
So Damon's on the rooftop, and Lady Liana's like confronting him, like, you want to live here, but you're hanging out in this rooftop of this, this castle, I guess, just tower, just hanging out here, reading books in the library, barely among the people, when we know for damn sure if you're in King's Landing, you would be gallivanting the streets, you would just be among the commoners, because that's how you are. She knows him very well. And he's like, what? We're just, I'm just here relaxing. Like, yeah, okay, and you want to stay here, but you don't even seem like yourself. So that conversation sparks, like, do you really want to stay here conversation a little bit more? And it moves on to the King's Council is having lines drawn on who is on their side for a pending war being on the Martell families of Dorne against the, the Targaryens of King's Landing and the forces that they have to face. So before... It, the, the, this war council is dismissed. Renera proposes to marry her eldest son to Allison's only daughter, Viserys' only daughter, to unite the kingdoms. That way, everyone's happy. Allison doesn't have to worry about getting kicked out because she will be mother queen to mother-in-law to Renera's son, who, again, Renera is going to be the queen of the kingdom. So this is a way for. It almost is a way for Rhaenyra to avoid any kind of conflict with Allison, but also, how dare you try to unite the families this way? And the father's like, oh, this is amazing, but Allison hates Rhaenyra. At this point, she hates that she has this everything like a puppet master. Even though Rhaenyra is just not trying to control things, it's just she knows how to be in her standing as a queen. Like She, she knows how to make appearances, and Allison's just envious that this young girl who is taking my son because she wants power. Allison wants to be the mother of the king of Westeros and King's Landing and all this stuff. But because of the seeds that implemented her father. So again, she's doing this out of protection for her own life because she's afraid if Rhaenyra is queen, she will be exiled or if not worse, killed. And so were her son, sons, I guess, two of them, right? So again, there's a lot going on here. There's layers to this. Like, Allison isn't your cut and paper just mustache swirling villain she's trying to survive but also she's playing the game of thrones here she really is like if i'm in the throne i protect myself and my immediate family but i can't trust her narrative to be on my side even though they were besties but then again your bestie marries your dad this severs a lot of goodwill they had to each other and also sir Kristen has uh, something against her this is all just a lot to deal with. Renera just seems like a target because she's a woman of power and they're afraid of what the first woman queen of this kingdom is going to look like and how she will change and be mad with power if we get where we're going here. So, yes, this is getting very interesting. This is getting very Game of thrones -y. So Harwood's father, Lannis, wants to resign because he's embarrassed of his son's outburst fighting Sir Kristen in the courtyard in front of the kids. Because they were just tra they're training, they were just sparring, and he just took it too far, and he got in he evolved, and he pulled the, the kid off of the other kid, so he he got he got too ref, you know, like a dad ref, and just like hey, don't get yourself in the middle, uh, and then fighting the the trainer, like it gets it gets all right, come on, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just one of those things where it's just hey, control your shit if you're gonna be here, because you know you're lucky you're in art here, you could get exiled as well. So he does get exiled, actually, because this is where he sends his son off to Heron's castle. It's time that he does his duties there and leaves to his post where he's supposed to leave. Uh, now that nobody's manning it, because Linus is the king, hand of the king at the moment. 
So Allison isn't happy. The hand will continue his post. Her plan isn't set yet, and things aren't falling. And it's not going her way. Let's just put it that way. Lord Laris Strong, who is apparently the, the, the son also of Linus Hightower, but he doesn't take their last name. Kind of a weird thing there. Um, but he's a little bit of a uh, physically handicapped, physically disabled man with a cane. And um, I, maybe it has to do with that. I don't know. All I know is that it's probably half sibling, whatever you want to call it. It is what it is. Lord Laris, who's the one of the few confidants that she has, uh, has strong chats with her about all this stuff, like what her strategy is. So Allison is in lack of people on her side. And if she were at the fan today, she would be screwed. She has not built up enough resources, enough goodwill to people on her side to back her up if her narrow were to take them out. So Laris goes to the dungeons and hires death row inmates to do dirty work uh, for the price of their tongues. That way, if they're caught, they can't speak. And these guys are definitely going to agree to do it because uh, they get to be free. They're not going to be living in the, in, the, in the dungeons for the rest of their lives. So what the job is, we'll have to wait and see. So Lena runs off and asks her dragon. As she's giving birth, she's going through this horrible birthing where she is just, the doctor's there and he's doing all that he knows about birthing. And he's like, I can take the child out and save the child, but your wife is going to bleed out and die. And... Damon's like, I don't want that to happen. I mean, there's got to be another way. So Lana runs off and asks her dragon to engulf her in flames, thinking this is going to be like the quote-unquote uh, Daenerys Targaryen scene where she's on fire and becomes like the queen of the dragons. No, this one is where she pretty much commits suicide because she can't bear the agony of birthing any more kids. It's, it's intense. So back as a dragon, just literally hesitant, she says her character many times before. He's like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to do this. So, back at Renera's, Harwin's is wishing his farewell to his secret family and saying, I'll be back soon. But then Renera and Lenor have to leave for the Stepstones because they are also feared that if word gets out that they're not really a couple and they've been playing this facade, they could both be taken advantage of by the commoners and mutiny could happen. So, they leave for the Stepstones where they can be safe until their father passes on. So, part of the castle is set ablaze by these ex-Death Row inmates, and Lioness is behind a door, and he hears his son screaming, Harwin, and it just, it ends there. Like, you see Renair in, in outside looking into the castle, the tower, and seeing this fire engulfing them, and it lands on a cliffhanger. I'm like, man, I cannot wait for the next episode. So, that being said, man, these, these two episodes have been good. Um, things that I love is... Allison is slowly getting more and more driven by the ideas of other people implementing her in her head. Like, she's not, she never thought this way until someone brought it up. Like, oh, well, now you think of it. And it comes to show that sometimes it's tough to really fend for yourself when you don't have people that you can trust. It's just a matter of having those around you. Of course, Renera is just a victim of her own power and a victim of her own, like, hey, I'm just the person that's always the target because they're terrified of what the first woman queen of King's Landing and the Westeros will do like will I be fair or will I just abuse my power because it's never been done before the fear of the unknown especially Renera who's very cunning very intelligent able to keep multiple secrets and live a double life this woman is a politician at court let's be honest so she's perfect for the role but again Allison wants the throne for her son so at least that their family is safe because 
she fears that her own father put these thoughts in her head uh, for the safety of her immediate family as soon as because Viserys is getting there up in age and he's also sick so it, it could be any day now it could be any year now it could be whatever hell he should have been dead man to begin with so that being said this has been an amazing back-to-back five-star episodes because it's definitely getting better for me i'm loving where the story is going and they're getting introduced to certain characters i didn't care for the replacement of characters like the time jump i get it okay so it's been some time but you went we went a whole last season with this actress like why are we changing from i guess 10 years past but couldn't this first season been one actress and then we move on to the next i'm still getting used to the Millie, Millie Alcock is Renera. Like, now I have to get used to Emma Darcy. Like, again, you're giving me a lot at, at too fast. And I think they're kind of speed running this, where they could have just done the Millie Alcock is young Princess Renera in this season and start off season two with Emma Darcy because you could have had a time jump. Usually, time jumps happen, quote unquote, season to season. That makes sense. But mid-season, you change the actors. I'm just getting used to this actor. And now I think you send a new one. It's like, all right, if you think I'm going to stick through this, if you're this confident, I'm going to just see, you know, just kind of go through with this. Let's see where this goes. And it's been good, so I can't complain. It's just too much quick change kind of throws me off as well. That being said, this is another podcast mercenary review of the HBO Max original series, House of the Dragons, based off the Game of Thrones books. I am the podcast mercenary himself, Christian Joe Ramos, back at you again. Hope you all tune into the next one. Thank you for tuning in once more. And as always, watch what you love, enjoy your media, and as always, be nice and kind to each other, okay? All right, I'm out. Peace.